All right, welcome to the AK Podcast. Aaron, how you doing? All right, looking forward to Game 5 tonight. I guess you're going to miss Game 5. <laughs> yeah, I'm in uh, I'm in Paris, so I'm going to miss it because it's at 4 in the morning and I have meetings for work early in the morning, but I'm going to wake up and watch every single highlight and try and watch as much of the game as I can from here um, in the morning after it's over. But I am still alive. Cavs in 7. Still alive, Aaron. Although your prediction of the Warriors in five is, I mean, it's going to be pretty much spot on if they can close it out today. Yeah, hopefully it's spot on. Uh, We'll see because I think it was 3-1 last year. I know these are completely different teams, but LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, they've been playing out of their minds in elimination games. Actually, LeBron's averaging 32.8 points per game in his career in elimination games and Kyrie Irving is 32.5 points per game in elimination games yeah it's just just crazy I mean everyone's talking about I mean if you turn on ESPN or whatever everyone's talking about uh, LeBron's averaging a triple double in the finals I think we just need to he's averaging a triple double in the finals I mean that is insane I mean, no matter how many times you say that, they're down 3-1, and he's still averaging a triple-double. This last game, I mean, it scares me. If you're a Warriors fan, it scares you a little only because you're like, Cleveland can beat them. It's, you know, they are, Cleveland can do it. It's clear. Now, in order for them to do it, they've got to play like that. But they're capable of playing like that. There are not many teams that are capable of playing the game that Cleveland played. Um, but they're capable. So, I mean, I, we might go through this a little bit later in the podcast, but I think this game coming up tonight is the biggest game of the entire series. Um, I think it's going to be if, – if let's say Cleveland wins this game – I think it's going to be bigger than game six, bigger than game seven. And and we can talk about why, but I think this game tonight is absolutely massive for the Warriors. I mean, they have to close it out here um, in my opinion. Otherwise I think Cleveland's going to pull this off. So what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think it ends in five or you still have Cleveland in seven? (sighs) I think the odds are five, but I'm going to keep it interesting and say Cleveland in seven. (laughs) Um, But anyway, let's talk about, Let's talk about game three before we talk about what happened last game. And let's talk about, like, the end of that game, what happened with the officiating. Um, And then maybe we can even talk about some of the officiating in game four, given what happened with Draymond, the technicals, the the kind of chippiness that was out there. So why don't want to... Aaron? Yeah. uh, Yeah, why don't... Now, why don't you start with that, kind of the officiating in Game 3, and then also kind of your thoughts on what happened with Game 4, Draymond, and all that stuff. Yeah, I thought the officiating, there was, like, a lot of, like, fouls that called on Draymond Green. Again, like, he was in foul trouble for most of Game 3. Um, there were, like, some chippy calls. Like, I think it slightly favored Cleveland, but overall I thought that um, Golden State the game was pretty fairly officiated from their perspective with like six minutes to go in the game. Yep. And I think maybe that has something to do with like the last two minutes reports of games, like the officials, they write down like all the wrong calls like of the officials in the last like couple minutes of the game. 
Right. So there's like a lot more scrutiny in those calls. And uh, overall, yeah. I just thought that like, I thought LeBron made like the right decision to pass to Corver in that instance, Corver missed. Irving took like a, it wasn't that it was a bad shot, even though it was kind of a bad shot. It just took him way too long to take that uh, shot because it could have gone for a two for one situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like probably, I would point to Irving's, bad shot at the end of anything but i just thought the warriors played really well down the stretch in that game yeah i mean this whole thing with with and you didn't say it to your credit but like with other analysts talking about it and kyrie irving's bad shot i mean he's hit a bunch of those shots in this series he keeps hitting those kinds of shots and you live and die by his ability to hit those kinds of shots so i don't yeah, it was a bad shot, but those are the types of shots he takes and hits all the time. So I don't really understand when people are like, oh, Kyrie, Kyrie, when he hits eight ridiculous shots and every time he hits one of those shots, you're like, he's amazing, you know? So yeah, I'm a little like, uh, but... um, I think the only mistake I think that Kyrie would have probably have had back is J.R. Smith actually was setting a screen. So it would have been a switch on Curry would have been guarding Kyrie. And then... um. And that was like pretty much like a replay of like the game seven shot, but Kyrie actually waved off. Um, he waved off J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith was like shaking his head as the play was going on. So I think yeah. that's the only like, but I, I mean, I don't mind Kyrie taking that shot. Really, I just wish that he had taken. Well, I don't wish. I don't. I, I don't really care. But I, he should have taken it earlier in the shot clock. Whatever. J.R. Smith had zero points. No, no, not, not, it's not, he wasn't going to pass to J.R. Smith. It was a switch. Like, so then, like, then Steph Curry would be guarding Kyrie instead of Clay Thompson. And, oh, I see. see, And it's fair, is like, I mean, Curry's an okay defender, but Clay's been a much better defender. He's probably the best defender on Golden State in this series, which is, yeah. I think Draymond's been in too much foul trouble. Yeah, he's been in ridiculous foul trouble. So let's just talk about game four for a minute. I mean, I mean, so this was one of the most ridiculous games I've ever seen. I've never seen, ever. And, and clearly, because it was a record-breaking game, I've never seen a team be that hot. And there was so much analysis after the game about what the Warriors did and, and, and all the adjustments the Cavs made. At the end of the day, I really think it's super simple. I don't think all the complex analysis really has much bearing. I think... I think what happened was Cleveland got really hot and hit a lot of shots. Golden State put up 120 or whatever, 112, whatever. They put up a ridiculous amount of points. Their offense was not the problem. It just Cleveland was insane. And I don't even think Golden State played bad defense. I think Cleveland just got really hot. And that's why when we started this pod, I said, if you're a Warriors fan, it's a little scary because, you know, I don't think there's much in terms of adjustments they can do when – players are hitting i mean they hit what 24 threes and they were tw- they were over 50 percent from three or something insane like that like there's nothing you can do about that because even the types of threes they were taking they were contested jr smith hit one from almost half court i mean there's nothing you can really do um except hope that they're not that hot again or hope that you're hot while they're hot yeah i think cleveland like, I think people predicted that Cleveland would have this performance probably in game three more than anything. But, yeah, like, they got the win. They're trying to become the first team in history to come back from 3-0 down in the NBA. 
and win a series. Like I believe teams have forced a game seven before. Uh, but I think, yeah, the first quarter, the officials kind of set the tone, like how Golden State's going to have to play defensively because I believe Cleveland had 24 free throws in the first quarter. Yeah, it was crazy. The whole game was nuts. And then I don't what, think, what, did you, like, what did you think about what did you think about the officiating? It was in, pretty in horrendous. It was pretty horrendous the whole game. Like not even just it favored Cleveland in the first quarter, and then like then it just was like awful on both sides. Like for the rest of the game, is this the NBA? Is this the NBA basically saying we need this to not be a sweep? I mean, I think they they were doing a little of that even in game three, but just not as like it just. Cleveland was also played a lot better in game five, game four. They like probably deserved to win anyways. <laughs> right. But, yeah. But I think like I like officials, they do like make adjustments like about calls. Like they could all, and then like I feel like maybe there's a like the league they're dictated by the league. It's like a whole bunch of like weird but stuff. So every time I bring this up to people, the response I get is. What did the NBA, the NBA officials go to the referees and specifically tell them to call it for Cleveland? No, I mean, that does sound kind of unlikely, right? How do how do you think this actually works? I think like Cleveland like complains about calls, like oh you missed these calls in like game three or whatever, and then like they just on the like basically like they put it in these officials' minds that oh, like, you should be making this call. And also, another thing is these officials in Game 4 were generally regarded as pretty bad, like, around the league when they were announced for the game. So I think, like, games, like, Game 3, the officials were considered much better. I don't know why the NBA just doesn't send its, like, best officials, like, out there at this point of the, um, like, NBA Finals because, like, officials officiate games, like, four to five a week anyway so i i agree i agree with that so they could maybe send like two or three crews i agree and what what do you think i kind of give you my take on why cleveland won my take is basically they just shot lights out there's nothing more to it so my, my question for you is if you're if you're a there are two ways to look at this right if you're a warriors fan you're thinking if you want to be positive you're thinking that's what it takes to beat us the most insane shooting performance in NBA history and definitely in NBA finals history. But if you're a pessimist and a Warriors fan, um, you're worried because you know that if Cleveland plays like this, they can beat you. So, so how do you look at it? I think that the Warriors could have played better offensively, even because like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, they each took left shots and Draymond Green and Curry was, could not be found in this game, like, for the first time in the series. So it can't really, like, completely, like, bail on Steph Curry, but it fills the narrative that I he mean, he had, he had double-digit assists, right? Yeah. I think he had, like, 10 or 11. So, I mean, he it's not like he did nothing. But, yeah, I mean, outside of, outside of Durant, the offensive production was was pretty sparse yeah and i think like also with draymond getting in foul trouble they can't go to their 
I don't know, I mean, it's also like too much Zaza in this game. Was like, <laughs> Zaza! He was like worse than any of the other games he's played like in this series. So that's another, maybe he's, that's an like adjustment he, they can Yeah, he's so bad. And they did so get like Iguodala. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think, do you think that Cleveland can repeat that type of performance? I mean, what do you think happens in game five? I don't think Cleveland can repeat that kind of performance, but I still think they can hit another gear defensively. Like, especially like if Durant could have an off shooting game, so that could like maybe leave the door open for Cleveland. But I think Golden State, I I do have Golden State winning this game though. So like I, I, I would be. You've pretty much had this from the beginning. I mean, you've said Golden State in five from the beginning. I'm not. You thought maybe I don't think you had Cleveland winning Game Four necessarily, but you had Golden State in five, right? Yeah, I didn't necessarily really have Game Four. Like, I would, I was like, I thought that would be like a close game. I thought Game Three would be close. I thought Game Four would be like close, but I also had Golden State probably winning at that point when they're up three. Uh, right, right, fair enough. Um. So let's talk about what I think is the most interesting question, which is, let's say, is, is in your mind, obviously this isn't Game 7, but is it as close to a Game 7 as you get? Because if Golden State loses this, they have to go back to Cleveland. I think the Cavs are favored in Cleveland. So if the Cavs win in Cleveland, you're coming back to Golden State just like last year, and you've just lost three straight games to the Cavs. I mean, I don't think they can win after losing three straight games. I've been proven wrong again and again, but um, that'd be very interesting because then my Cavs in seven prediction would come true, and I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you odds... think? Is this is this game seven? I mean, not not literally game seven, but is it as close to a game seven as you can get? Uh, I don't really think so because, like, I still think that. It depends how like Golden State approaches this game. Maybe they they start Zaza again, and like they're not really dialed in like all the way. And they probably they might like not play Curry and Durant extended minutes, which they probably. I if I had to bet, I bet like Curry and Durant play more. At least one of them is on the floor at all times. Yeah, which hasn't been the case in like the second, the beginning of the second quarter and the fourth quarter. But, like, yeah. I, I think, like, it really depends on how Golden State, if they, like, I, I think, like, maybe they were a little bit off the gas, I think, in, in game four. They didn't really play well defensively in the first couple minutes, like, the first, like, half of the first quarter. Right. So it really depends on what kind of sense of urgency, like, Golden State comes out with. Like, Let me ask you this. If Golden State loses this game and you could bet on Golden State or Cleveland winning the series, if Golden State loses this game, who are you going to bet on? Uh, if the odds are straight up, I'd bet Golden State, but I have to look. I think the odds... Are... No, I'm saying, if the odds, I'm saying if the odds were straight up. If yeah, the odds Golden were straight State. up, would you... Even after, losing two stri- even after losing two straight and going back to Cleveland? It depends on like how they lose like game five too. Like let's say they like... lose it. Let's say they lose it the same way they they lost game four. Except this time, it's in Oakland. 
So Cleveland does what they did to Golden State last game, except they do it, you know, in their home court. How how, how do you feel about it then? Mm, I still don't feel great if I'm Cleveland because, like, I I always feel like when there's a blowout, I don't even think I think if Cleveland wins today, it will be like a close game. If it's like a blowout. It would be. I would still have Golden State favorite, but because only they'd have to win one of two games. Like they still get to go back to Oracle again. But that's what happened last year, right? They went back to Oracle again. Yeah, but they only had again, to win one of two. And Kevin Durant is replacing Kevin Durant with Harrison Barnes, and they lost Andrew Bogut anyways. Yeah, but I would argue that this year, if they lose this game, they're even more in their own heads. Because also, it happened last year. And also Iguodala, he's very healthy this time around. He's the only player on Golden State with a plus with a positive plus minus in all four games. So yeah. like I think like that's the big thing. Like if, if he gets injured and like if I don't know, if somebody else, if a starter goes down in Golden State then I'd probably take Cleveland. But I don't think they're gonna shoot lights out for three for three straight. Or four, it would be four straight games. I'd still be pretty surprised. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm personally, even though I've predicted Cleveland win in seven, I want Golden State to win because I have a personal vendetta against LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm not going to be disappointed if Cleveland wins because this is, it's going to make the last one or two games incredibly interesting. I mean, it, it, this is. If they come back from three nothing and get it to you know even three two, I think this is a fascinating series um, because of just the mental stress on Golden State. I think at this point Cleveland really has nothing to lose. They weren't favored the whole time. They almost got swept, and now being up, I think being up three zero. Frankly, it would have been better if if Golden State had lost the first game or even the second game, but losing the fourth game is kind of weird, um, and so. I still think they're going to win this game. I think they might even win it in a blowout. But if they don't, I think things things get weird, weird real fast. Yeah, like I was going to talk about the last time a team that I remember a team was up 3-0. It was like the Dallas Mavericks in 2003. And they were up 3-0 against the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. And then the Trailblazers tied it at 3-3. And then I, I think even the Trailblazers had a lead in the fourth quarter, but Dallas ended up winning that game somehow. So that was a crazy series. And that was a that, crazy series. And that team also had two eventual MVPs in Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun game tonight. I wish I could watch it. I'm jealous. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Take some sleep medication or like I don't know. Oh, oh, trust me, I've already taken the sleep medication. I just I just put a a, a melatonin down, so I am uh, I'm trying to put myself down as quickly as possible. Maybe you'll wake up with like sweats about like LeBron James, like <laughs> like. Dunking over like four different people. And... I don't even know who I want to win because I picked Cleveland on this podcast in seven for some weird reason. But I'm kind of pulling internally for Golden State because, you know, I kind of want a dynasty. We haven't had 
a real dynasty in a long time. We've had a couple mini dynasties, like the Heat, and and I mean that's kind of it, right? So, I mean, since since the Bulls and the Lakers have we had and the Lakers, yeah, obviously the O two O three. But since since those two, like the last 10, 13 years, we haven't really had a dominant team. I kind of like it. I like it because I like watching that team play and win, especially if it's Golden State and how beautiful they play. But then I also like seeing the fall later because eventually they end up falling, and that's always fun as well to watch. So I'm I'm rooting for them to to win, but I'm not going to be disappointed if Cleveland wins in seven. Yeah, the do, Lakers, do you have any rooting? Do you have any rooting interest here? Um, I'm probably rooting for Golden State just to vindicate me for last year. I don't know. It's just like kind of, but I don't think I'm really. And I guess LeBron James has like torn like the Wizards' hearts out like so many times like in the early the mid two thousands. But really, I don't. I call credit to like Cleveland if they can beat Golden State again. And I just hopefully it's like not with dubious officiating. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So we'll see what happens. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh. So you just said you didn't like LeBron James. Like, do you have, like, Kobe and Jordan? Obviously, you probably have Jordan ahead of LeBron. Like, where do you have, like, LeBron up with the players that you've watched, I guess, in the past, like, couple years? Like, who do you have better than LeBron? So I am not an expert on the old guys. So, you know, I can't really do the comparisons between LeBron and, like, Wilt and 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 kind of Julia serving and old guys that are obviously amazing players. I just I never saw them play, right? So it's very difficult for me to compare them. I can compare them statistically, but I think that's also tough because of the eras they were in. In terms of the modern players, in terms of you know the last twenty years, I really think after Jordan, it comes down to LeBron and Kobe. And I, I have Kobe ahead of LeBron still. And I have him ahead for a couple of reasons. One, I just think he had – first of all, he has more championships. The retort to that is obviously he had Shaq, but he, he, had, he has more championships. Um, I think the second piece is, you know, I just think if I were to have a team and I wanted to pick a player, who would I pick, LeBron or Kobe? I'd pick Kobe because Kobe could score whenever he wanted. He had way more desire than LeBron. I think LeBron can do more stuff than Kobe. He can pass. He can rebound. He can do a lot more. But I just – Kobe had this fire and this desire to win that took him to places, I think. I mean, LeBron's lost a lot in the finals, a lot. And I don't think Kobe would let himself lose as much as LeBron has. Mm Mm-hmm. What about I probably, probably definitely have LeBron ahead of Kobe. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> also, What's your uh, thought process? I also, like, I just pointed out that LeBron had 32.5 points a game. Kobe, in, in mm-hmm. the same spot, Kobe has 24 points a game. I would have, maybe I would have Shaq as probably, like, Shaq or Duncan. Shaq, and then maybe Duncan slash Kobe's, like, close, like, tie behind LeBron at this point. I think Duncan is kind of underrated because he's a like a really good big and he's good defensively. And I guess he lasted longer than Kobe at the end of the day and he had five rings too. 
Yeah. I think it's a tie. I think Kobe at his peak was better than Duncan, but I think Duncan was I don't know. He never got rid of like, he never got rid of like one of his top teammates because of like some ego feud. Although more I think about it, I think Shaq was the one who's being a douche based on Yeah, I think I I think it was Shaq. I think Shaq got annoyed that Kobe took over the team. Yeah. So like I would have LeBron because he is a great He's a good passer. I I do think there's a sense that Kobe would be more reliable in the fourth quarter because he's a better free throw shooter. And, like, he does, like, I mean, but at the same time, LeBron is, like, he came back from 3-1 down, which is pretty crazy. So, like, last year, I don't think Kobe at his – like, I don't even think Kobe last year could have done that, like, even at his peak. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so we will see what happens, Aaron, and then we'll do a recap no matter what, no matter who wins the game. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, buddy, enjoy the game, and uh, I'll text you tomorrow, and uh, let's see what happens, hoping for a good game. All right. All right, talk to you soon. Later. Okay, later.